I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. It's time to get cozy in bed and listen to tonight's story. Our sleep story tonight is part nine of our story about Dr. Doolittle. The young boy they found has been brought out of the room, and he tells Dr. Doolittle that his uncle is missing. Dr. Doolittle offers to help him and goes and talks to the porpoises and eagles, but no one can find him. Jip the dog says he could do a better job, so he asks the boy if he has anything that belonged to the uncle for him to smell. Jip gets the scent and starts trying to find the uncle. No matter how your day was, let's forget about it for now and focus on slowing down and feeling relaxed. Close your eyes and feel warm and secure. Next, I would like you to take a slow, deep breath in through your nose, as big a breath as you can and as slow as you can. Then slowly let the air out through your mouth. Taking deep belly breaths helps us relax at any time of the day, but it's a great habit to have before sleep Try it again. Take a deep breath in. And let the air slowly flow out. Take a deep breath in. And now out. Breathe in deeply filling your body with air and relaxation. Breathe out slowly, expelling any tension. Try to keep breathing slowly and deeply as we continue with Dr. Doolittle, Part 9. I am afraid I can't, said the doctor. When did you see him last? It was the day before yesterday, said the boy. My uncle and I were out fishing in our little boat when the pirates came and caught us. They sunk our fishing boat and brought us both onto this ship. They told my uncle that they wanted him to be a pirate like them for he was clever at sailing a ship in all weather. But he said he didn't want to be a pirate because stealing was no work for a good fisherman to do. Then the leader, Ben Ali, got very angry and ground his teeth and said they would throw my uncle into the sea if he didn't do as they said. They sent me downstairs and I heard the noise of a fight going on above. And when they let me come up again the next day, my uncle was nowhere to be seen. 
I asked the pirates where he was, but they wouldn't tell me. I am very much afraid they threw him into the sea. And the little boy began to cry again. Well now, wait a minute, said the doctor. Don't cry. Let's go and have tea in the dining room, and we'll talk it over. Maybe your uncle is quite safe all the time. You don't know that he was thrown into the sea, do you? And that's something. Perhaps we can find him for you. First, we'll go and have tea with strawberry jam, and then we will see what can be done. All the animals had been standing around listening with great curiosity. And when they had gone into the ship's dining room and were having tea, Dab-Dab came up behind the doctor's chair and whispered, Ask the porpoises if the boy's uncle was thrown into the sea. They'll know. All right, said the doctor, taking a second piece of bread and jam. What are those funny clicking noises you are making with your tongue? asked the boy. Oh, I just said a couple of words in duck language, the doctor answered. This is Dab-Dab, one of my pets. I didn't even know that ducks had a language, said the boy. Are all these other animals your pets too? What is that strange-looking thing with two heads? Shh, the doctor whispered. That is the push-me-pull-you. Don't let him see we're talking about him. He gets so dreadfully embarrassed. Tell me, how did you come to be locked up in that little room? The pirates put me in there when they were going to steal things from another ship. When I heard someone chopping at the door, I didn't know who it could be. I was very glad to find it was you. Do you think you will be able to find my uncle for me? Well, we are going to try very hard, said the doctor. Now, what did your uncle look like? He had red hair, the boy answered. Very red hair, and the picture of an anchor tattooed on his arm. He was a strong man, a kind uncle, and the best sailor in the South Atlantic. His fishing boat was called the Saucy Sally, a cutter-rigged sloop. What's cutter-rigged sloop? whispered Gub-Gub, turning to Jip. Shh, that's the kind of ship the man had, said Jip. Keep still, can't you? Oh, said the pig, is that all? I thought it was something to drink. So the doctor left the boy to play with the animals in the dining room and went upstairs to look for passing porpoises. And soon, a whole school came dancing and jumping through the water on their way to Brazil. When they saw the doctor leaning on the rail of his ship, they came over to see how he was getting along. And the doctor asked them if they had seen anything of a man with red hair and an anchor tattooed on his arm. Do you mean the master of the Saucy Sally? asked the porpoises. Yes, said the doctor. That's the man. Has he been thrown into the water? His fishing boat was sunk, said the porpoises, 
because we saw it lying on the bottom of the sea, but there was nobody inside it because we went and looked. His little nephew is on the ship with me here, said the doctor, and he is terribly afraid that the pirates threw his uncle into the sea. Would you be so good as to find out for me for sure? Oh, he isn't here, said the porpoises. No, tell the little boy we are sorry. We do not know where his uncle is, but we are quite certain he hasn't been put in the sea. So the doctor ran downstairs with the news and told the nephew, who clapped his hands with happiness. And the push-me-pull-you took the little boy on his back and gave him a ride round the dining room table, while all the other animals followed behind, beating the dish covers with spoons, pretending it was a parade. Your uncle must now be found, said the doctor. That is the next thing now that we know he wasn't thrown into the sea. Then Dab-Dab came up to him again and whispered, ask the eagles to look for the man. No living creature can see better than an eagle. When they are miles high in the air, they can count the ants crawling on the ground. Ask the eagles. So the doctor sent one of the swallows off to get some eagles. And in about an hour, the little bird came back with six different kinds of eagles. A black eagle, a bald eagle, a fish eagle, a golden eagle, an eagle vulture, and a white-tailed sea eagle. Twice as high as the boy they were, each one of them, and they stood on the rail of the ship like round-shouldered soldiers, all in a row stern and still and stiff, while their great gleaming black eyes shot darting glances here and there and everywhere. Gub-Gub was scared of them and got behind a barrel. He said he felt as though those terrible eyes were looking right inside of him to see what he had had for lunch. And the doctor said to the eagles, A man has been lost a fisherman with red hair and an anchor marked on his arm. Would you be so kind as to see if you can find him for us? This boy is the man's nephew. Eagles do not talk very much, and all they answered in their husky voices was, You may be sure that we will do our best for John Doolittle. Then they flew off and Gub-Gub came out from behind his barrel to see them go. Up and up and up they went, higher and higher and higher still. Then, when the doctor could only just see them, they parted company and started going off in all different ways, north, east, south, and west, looking like tiny grains of black sand creeping across the wide blue sky. My gracious, said Gub-Gub in a hushed voice. What a height! I wonder how they don't scorch their feathers so near the sun. They were gone a long time, and when they came back, it was almost night. 
And the eagle said to the doctor, We have searched all the seas and all the countries and all the islands and all the cities and all the villages in this half of the world. But we have failed. In the main street of Gibraltar, we saw three red hairs lying on a wheelbarrow before a baker's door. But they were not the hairs of a man. Nowhere on land or water could we see any sign of this boy's uncle. And if we could not see him, then he is not to be seen. For John Doolittle, we have done our best. Then the six great birds flapped their big wings and flew back to their homes in the mountains and the rocks. Well, said Dab Dab after they had gone, what are we going to do now? The boy's uncle must be found. There's no two ways about that. The lad isn't old enough to be knocking around the world by himself. Boys aren't like ducklings. They have to be taken care of till they're quite old. Oh, I wish Chi-Chi were here. He would soon find the man. Good old Chi-Chi. I wonder how he's getting along. If we only had Polynesia with us, said the white mouse, she would soon think of some way. Do you remember how she got all of us out of prison the second time? My, but she was a clever one. I don't think so much of those eagle fellows, said Jip. They're just conceited. They may have very good eyesight and all that, but when you ask them to find a man for you, they can't do it. And they have the nerve to come back and say that nobody else could do it? And I don't think a whole lot of those gossipy old porpoises either. All they could tell us was that the man wasn't in the sea. We don't want to know where he isn't. We want to know where he is. Oh, don't talk so much, said Gub-Gub. It's easy to talk, but it isn't so easy to find a man when you have the whole world to hunt him in. Maybe the fisherman's hair has turned white, worrying about the boy. And that was why the eagles didn't find him. You don't know everything. You're just talking. You are not doing anything to help. You couldn't find the boy's uncle any more than the eagles could. You couldn't do as well. Couldn't I? said the dog. What do you know? I haven't begun to try yet, have I? You wait and see. Then Jip went to the doctor and said, Ask the boy if he has anything in his pockets that belonged to his uncle, would you please? So the doctor asked him, and the boy showed them a gold ring which he wore on a piece of string around his neck because it was too big for his finger. He said his uncle gave it to him when they saw the pirates coming. Jip smelt the ring and said, Oh, that's no good. Ask him if he has anything else that belonged to his uncle. Then the boy took from his pocket a great big red handkerchief and said, This was my uncle's too. As soon as the boy pulled it out, Jip shouted, Gum! By Jingo! Black diamond gum! Don't you smell it? His uncle chewed gum. Ask him, doctor. The doctor questioned the boy again, and he said, 
Yes? My uncle chewed a lot of gum. Fine, said Jip. The man's as good as found. Twill be as easy as stealing milk from a kitten. Tell the boy I'll find his uncle for him in less than a week. Let us go upstairs and see which way the wind is blowing. But it is dark now, said the doctor. You can't find him in the dark. I don't need any light to look for a man who smells of black diamond gum, said Jip as he climbed the stairs. If the man had a hard smell like string now or hot water, it would be different. But gum? Does hot water have a smell? asked the doctor. Certainly it has, said Jip. Hot water smells quite different from cold water. It is warm water or ice that has the really difficult smell. Why, I once followed a man for 10 miles on a dark night by the smell of the hot water he had used to shave with, for the poor fellow had no soap. Now then, let us see which way the wind is blowing. Wind is very important in long-distance smelling. It mustn't be too fierce a wind, and of course, it must blow the right way. A nice, steady, damp breeze is the best of all. Huh, this wind is from the north. Then Jip went up to the front of the ship and smelt the wind, and he started muttering to himself. Tar, Spanish onions, kerosene oil, wet raincoats, crushed laurel leaves, rubber burning, lace curtains being washed, no, 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 my mistake, lace curtains hanging out to dry, and foxes, hundreds of them, cubs, and can you really smell all those different things in this one wind? asked the doctor. Why, of course, said Jip, and those are only a few of the easy smells, the strong ones. Any mongrel could smell those with a cold in the head. Wait now, and I'll tell you some of the harder scents that are coming on this wind. A few of the dainty ones. Then the dog shut his eyes tight, poked his nose straight up in the air, and sniffed hard with his mouth half open. For a long time, he said nothing. He kept as still as a stone. He hardly seemed to be breathing at all. When at last he began to speak, it sounded almost as though he were singing sadly in a dream. Bricks, he whispered very low, old yellow bricks, crumbling with age in a garden wall. The sweet breath of young cows standing in a mountain stream, the lead roof of a dove coop, or perhaps a granary, with the midday sun on it. Kid gloves lying in a bureau drawer of walnut wood. A dusty road with a horse's drinking trough beneath the sycamores. Little mushrooms bursting through the rotten leaves. And, and, and... Any parsnips? asked Gub-Gub. No, said Jip. You always think of things to eat. No parsnips whatsoever. And... No gum. Plenty of pipes and cigarettes and a few cigars, but no gum. 
Oh, we must wait till the wind changes to the south. Yes, it's a poor wind that, said Gub-Gub. I think you're a fake, Jip. Who ever heard of finding a man in the middle of the ocean just by smell? I told you you couldn't do it. Look here, said Jip, getting really angry. You're going to get a bite on the nose in a minute. You needn't think that just because the doctor won't let us give you what you deserve, that you can be as cheeky as you like. Stop quarreling, said the doctor. Stop it. Life's too short. Tell me, Jip, where do you think those smells are coming from? From Devon and Wales. Most of them, said Jip. The wind is coming that way. Well, well, said the doctor. You know, that's really quite remarkable. Quite. I must make a note of that for my new book. I wonder if you could train me to smell as well as that. But no, perhaps I'm better off the way I am. Enough is as good as a feast, they say. Let's go down to supper. I'm quite hungry. So am I, said Gub-Gub. And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>